welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and returning to the show today is Dr. Francis Summer Anderson, a licensed psychologist and psychoanalyst who has treated mind-body pain for the last 40 years. She also originally studied with Dr. John Sarno. She is the author of the book, Bodies and Treatment, and the co-author of Pathways to Pain Relief. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. Welcome back, Fran. Fran was on the program last week, and it was a wonderful interview. She is a licensed psychologist. She also trained with Dr. Sarno. She's one of the original people trained by Dr. Sarno. So I'd encourage you to listen to the last podcast about her time with Dr. Sarno, who's a remarkable person, not well-received, and really persisted in spite of a lot of obstacles. But what I like to talk about her on this part of the program, she practices in New York. She still uses the same mind-body concepts. We briefly talked about attachment. But what I didn't know is that Dr. Sarno had a lot of patients get better with just the book, his work, et cetera, but some people did not get better. And those are the ones that ended up in Dr. Anderson's office. Now the same situation, a lot of people get better with the doc project. I never meet them, never talk to them. They'll email me years later, how they're doing so well. So I don't get to see those patients um, long-term, but there's a group of patients that I have worked with pain psychologists who are able to pull people out of the hole that I simply cannot. And also if people come out of the hole, which I call the abyss, that with the aid of a psychologist with Dr. Anderson's perspective, they can go far beyond anything that I can accomplish. So it's a wonderful combination of concepts of really understanding the nature of chronic pain in addition to the type of therapy that she does. So Fran, welcome back and excited to learn more about what you do. Um, on this particular episode, I'd like to focus on what you do. I'm gonna pretend I'm your patient Mm -hmm. And I'm a surgeon, so I'm difficult. Talk mm -hmm. to my wife. <laughs> I keep trying to tell my wife that normal people do not become spine surgeons, and I'm now convinced that's true. And I want to say, I will also say, and my audience does know this, I came from an extremely abusive background. Um, I had attachment of about zero. And so I had a tough start. And the way I coped with that, I became hyper accomplished, yes. busy. And then at age 37, I crashed and burned badly with over 17 different mental and physical symptoms, including mm -hmm. extreme anxiety, migraine headaches, burning on my feet, stomach issues, back pain, neck pain, tendonitis. I mean, I had all the classic symptoms that Dr. Sarno and Dr. Schumer have laid out. So yeah. I had no idea what was going on. I was bounced around. And let's say I read my book, Back in Control, or Dr. Sarno's book. I go, well, that's sort of interesting, but you know, I think this is nonsense. So now I'm still having symptoms and Dr. Sarno has given up on me and said, you know, I'm gonna send you over to Dr. Anderson. So here I am in your office. I'm, I'm having neck pain and back pain. I've had it for about 10 years. I'm not very happy about it. Um, I'm a physician who feels burned out and trapped. And so I'm just curious what your initial approach would be, some of the concepts that you work from and some of the actual treatments that you would put into place. Okay, and are you want me to talk about you hypothetically or a patient of mine? Oh no, come come at me, come right okay. at me. Just I, I'm your patient right now. So I, I at one point I was that person. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna put myself back in that spot. Okay. I'm having 
17 different physical symptoms. I'm angry as hell, but I have no connection to it. I think I'm fine. In fact, my personal image is I'm sort of cold. I'm serious. I'm, I mean, my personal identity, I had a nickname called the brick. So one of my coping mechanisms was bring it on. You know, whatever you want to throw at me, just bring it on. And I won't even begin to tell you the level of stress that I was under. Because to me, it was just, the, yes. that was my life. Yes. So processing adversity was my identity, but I was sick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, um, David, um, tell me how you became so successful before you ha- came into this very difficult patch. Well, you know, I came from a really chaotic background, but at about age 15, I started hanging around with some of my friends who seemed to have pretty normal households. And I realized that my life was sort of chaotic and I just wanted something different. So I feel like I just shut the door of my life at age 15 and I started to study. I was smarter than I thought I was. I started to become more athletic and I never became a great athlete, but it wasn't bad. Um, I it became hypersocial. Um, hyper busy. I mean, I, I, at one point in college, I took 20 hours of class load, worked 10 to 15 hours a week in construction work, um, was social and got high grades. And then to me, I was out of jail. I mean, I was so excited to, to do all this stuff. And I kept achieving and achieving and achieving. And then I ended up going to one of the top spine fellowships in the world, again, based on that incredible drive. But about two years into the fellowship, about Oh, about age 35, I started to sweat a little bit more. Uh, my feet started to burn. My ears were ringing mm-hmm. and I just, blew, I just blew it off. But I just had this need, just had incredible need to achieve. Mm-hmm. So uh, you must be feeling really, really, really in the abyss since you crashed. Yeah, I mean, I started, I had a panic attack and this has been about 10 years ago and I have incredible anxiety. I have these crazy thought patterns. I can't sleep. My feet are burning like crazy. Um, I'm not having headaches so much, but this burning in my feet is absolutely intolerable. These skin rashes keep popping up over my entire Mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. I've seen every doctor you can imagine and nobody could tell me what's going on. I don't know what's going on. They're not telling me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and the worst part of this thing is this incredible anxiety. Mm-hmm. So what is it like for you, a very successful surgeon, not to know what's causing all these symptoms? Well, you know, and, you know, I, I'm, I, I sort of want to give up. I mean, I didn't see, I don't see any way out of this hole. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of done with this. Um, I have, I'm putting myself back in 2002, a su- severe, extreme suicidal ideation. That if I have to live the rest of my life in this state of mind, I'm out of here. This makes no sense to keep living my life like this. I see. So you saved yourself at age 15. I did. Mm-hmm. And how did I do that? How did you do it? I just pure willpower at the time, just sheer determination, willpower. I was always a hard worker ever since I was like six years old. I mean, well, the reality is I was a person, I was the oldest of four children. So I was a person who was sort of in charge of the house. I would referee my parents' fights. Um, I, I was sort of the problem solver in my household since about age six. Mm-hmm. 
And how gratifying was that? Well, I didn't know anything different. I just did it. Um, I was mostly afraid of, I would actually solve the problem. I would work on appeasing my mother who was always in a rage. I was pretty good at that. I tried to protect my siblings, but I was not very good at that. And so I was always on edge about when the shoe was going to drop next, because when she would calm down, I never knew what would set her off again. So yeah. there's this, always this incredible anxiety about when was the shoe going to drop again. Sure. So uncertainty, chronic uncertainty. Right. And you but had, I, th I thought it was normal. I mean, that was my sure. life, right? Sure. Yes. And you learned how to manage it. Can you remember, David, what you felt in your body? In well, I started having migraine headaches that were pretty extreme when I was five years old. And I would have a pretty severe migraine every three to four weeks my entire life. Mm -hmm. And so that was probably, in retrospect, my first symptom. Yeah. And, um, I didn't know what the word anxiety was. I just was always busy and alert. So I never connected my state of mind with the word anxiety at yeah. all. Mm -hmm. And how, um, how, how was it for you until age 15 when you saved yourself by finding another place to live your life, essentially? How was it, what, what did you rely on within yourself? Was there anyone in the family or extended family whom you could rely on for support, advice? No. Reward? Nope. Feedback? So nope. just, just you? Pure willpower. Mm -hmm. I just decided to do, I just decided to do something different. Mm -hmm. So that willpower has been a very, very, strong resource for you for so right. long and it must be devastating to feel that you've lost it i'm sorry what do you mean by losing it you've lost your willpower is the way it sounds is that is that accurate yeah no that's an interesting way of putting it. i never i never thought of it like that but yeah <clears throat> i mean i felt like i was putting my foot on the gas and there's no gas in the tank yeah and so i I kept trying to push forward, push forward, and I couldn't get through it anymore. And what was crippling was the, I mean, I had physical pain, I had back pain, my stomach was a mess, I had migraine headaches, burning sensations, skin rashes, but what was absolutely destroying me, I went from being a fearless spine surgeon, I swear to God, I did not know what anxiety was, my attitude was bring it on, um, to crippling anxiety was stunning. I mean, it blew me away. It happened in one day when I had a panic attack in 19, let's see, what was it? Yeah, 1990, I had a panic attack on the 520 bridge in Seattle. And I went from being a fearless surgeon to crippling anxiety in five minutes. And mm -hmm. once that happened, I could not stop it. Mm -hmm. So I lost control. Right. And feeling that you've lost control leaves nothing. True. For you to hold on to. Correct. That's a good way of putting that. That's mm -hmm. correct. Mm -hmm. So, um, David, what if I told you that um, we have learned a lot about how the mind is connected with the body, and we have a lot of information that you could uh, learn and apply to your current situation. Could you imagine 
that you could turn this devastation into another challenge to heal yourself? Well, at this point, I'm open for almost anything. I don't really know what's going on. Uh-huh. I would like to sort of know the what the problem is. So if you're telling me that my environment can translate into these physical symptoms, particularly the anxiety, <clears throat> I, you know, I'd like to hear about it. I, I could see that being a possibility. I don't understand it, mm-hmm. but I could see I could see at least trying to learn about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I have resources that I can offer you to tap into that surgeon's brain. Okay. Or, that will give you new information about why you have the anxiety attacks. Okay. And just starting with the anxiety attacks, how you can learn to manage them and feel that you're in charge of yourself a little bit more every day. And how would I start with that process? What do I read, read something or is this a, what kind of process is this? Well, I think for you, David, because you are a physician, uh, very successful, um, academic, uh, learning and knowledge is very, has been very helpful to you, that um, I will give you some things to read. Okay. And I will also start with your breathing. Okay. Breathing is absolutely free and safe medication. Okay, I won't argue argue with that. And so if we can encourage you to begin a very simple breathing practice, even two times a day, Okay. that will start to help decrease your anxiety. And as your anxiety decreases, you'll be able to make sense of what you're reading and begin to consider the possibility that you can use some of those ideas to turn this devastation into another challenge because you liked challenges. You've lived with challenges. Right. This one, I'm, I'm not having so much fun with this one though. Right. Well, this is a completely different kind of challenge, but do you would you like to explore it a bit more absolutely so what kind of breathing exercises would you consider well i'm I'm going to teach you one right now okay okay it's called coherence breathing okay and i'm going to let you read the literature and the medicine behind it but basically it helps balance the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system okay? okay And if you um, are feeling kind of sluggish and low energy, it'll kind of pep you up. And if you're feeling really, really, really racy and anxious, it'll slow you down. Okay. So it's an adaptogenic breathing practice. Got it. All right. So um, I'm going to count it with you and I'll do the breathing with you. Okay. And would you begin, we're going to begin by exhale. Two, three, four. Inhale, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Inhale, two, 
three, four. What's that like for you? It's good. <clears throat> yeah, I actually feel honestly a little bit relaxed, a little bit more relaxed right now. Uh huh. So that might then interest you to try doing it for, let's say, could you imagine doing it for 15 minutes twice a day? Well, compared to what, what I'm going through, that would be pretty minimal investment. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I would uh, like to invite you to do 15 minutes twice a day. Okay. And if, and if you will, we'll stay in touch. And depending on your reactions to that, um, we can increase it. No, be, no, and no. the goal is to actually help you learn how to get into a coherent breathing route. Uh, rhythm just naturally and you mean during the day just with day-to-day -day activities yeah, it'll be a natural got it that that is natural tranquilizer and natural stimulant this breathing wow. practice so this is actually you know what, what's happening now is that we're i just met do you know dr stephen porges are you familiar with his i work? haven't met him but i'm studying his work and i know you are too I so I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to invite you to our roundtable every week. And Dr. Porges is sort of the star of this group. And what we're learning, exactly what you said, if you told me this two years ago as a surgeon, I'm going, whatever, some psychological breathing exercise. What we now know is that the slow breathing directly stimulates the vagus nerve, which is very anti-inflammatory. And we know anxiety in general is inflammatory. And so we had a presentation by a physiatrist out of the VA system two weeks ago who uses the heart rate variability monitors and breathing techniques, et cetera, to calm down the sympathetic nervous system. Because when you're in a sympathetic state, it changes the blood flow to your brain and you can't think straight. You can't think. Absolutely. Right. So the model that's coming out really clearly in this group is you have to first calm down before you can start processing new information. So Mm -hmm. Well, I'm excited that you're taking this route. This is really excellent. I didn't, I didn't realize. So I'm, I'm going to invite you to this group. It'll be wonderful to have right. you on board. <clears throat> and uh, I just would like to talk to the audience that what we're doing with the whole, her approach, my approach, everybody, every clinician that's been successful with these concepts does it their own way. But at the end of the day, you're promoting ways to calm down your own body's chemistry. You're promoting a sense of safety as your body gets, as Dr. Porges puts it, cues of safety, it changes your entire, entire body's physiology. So I hope I'm being clear, Fran, when I say that anxiety is a physiological response to a threat mm -hmm. and it's not primarily a psychological issue. And if you have a psychologist that can help you self-regulate and calm down, that's a huge home run. And then the thing I like about working with psychologists, not only can they teach you ways to self-regulate, they can also expand your consciousness in a way to actually move into a different direction. You don't really solve chronic pain, you actually move into a different part of your brain. And as you move forward, you know, then that's a whole different conversation. So um, I'm excited, I, I, this is good stuff. So um, it's gonna be fun, to be fun to continue to work with you. So we have about five minutes left. I just wanted to just double check and let, you, let people know how to access you um, access your services. Mm -hmm. And also um, this, we we'll talk about this workshop again that you are putting together in February. So you practice in New York City and yeah. you have 
and online presence? What's your website? FrancisSummerAnderson.com. Okay. And PathwaysToPainRelief.com. Okay. And that is a book of, is, those are case reports of people that have healed with the whole, with these techniques, et cetera. Yeah. A and, wide range of people we worked with. Eric writes about his people and I write about my people. And can you briefly tell us about the conference you're putting on on February 27th? Um, we're going to be focusing on disrupted early attachments and chronic pain later in life. Okay. And I'm going to give a theoretical overview of my 40 years of experience uh, working from a relational psychoanalytic point of view, incorporating the neuroscience of pain and trauma. And I will, in the afternoon, be doing a workshop, two workshops, one on uh, using a technique that I call experiencing the pain matrix. Okay. Help people get connected with the sensations in their body as they're remembering episodes of being in pain. Okay. And the second workshop is on how I'm using the uh, latest science about the neuroscience of memory reconsolidation okay. to treat pain. Okay. That's a very exciting area. I don't know if you've been reading in that area, but if you haven't, I, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Nick Straton will okay. be uh, talking about how he uses some um, unfamiliar to many of us techniques to help people learn how to move better. And Georgie Oldfield will be doing one of her usual impressive presentations about how she helps empower people uh, in recovering from their pain. So I will say this is an all-star group. I, I know everybody in the group personally, and this is really a great opportunity to get some nice information in a short period of time. So that's excellent. So Fran, thank you again for being on the program. I'm thank excited you. about getting to know your resources better. I honestly didn't know this is your approach. So I'm very excited about it. Because if it's really, it's a resource that I need with my patients actually to move forward with their process also. So this is really fantastic. So thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Frances Summer Anderson for being on the program today and explaining her approach to treating chronic pain and demonstrating her technique using Dr. David Hanscom as the patient. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. In the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today, and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.